Acorn was a physical place, but that wasn't Acorn. That wasn't the Acorn. It it's where it's held within people, and it the Acorn Acorn is very much still alive, even though there's no physical unit there anymore. I've been to see the unit. Um, actually, um, last year I went and peered through the windows. Obviously, the hospital is closed now, and it wasn't Acorn. It wasn't Acorn that I was looking at because Acorn is elsewhere now. Acorn is 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 living in all the staff and the service users that were involved in it. Hi, I'm Naomi Murphy and this is the Locked Up Living podcast where we talk with a wide range of people about harsh aspects of institutional life. We also explore some of the ways to overcome them and to grow and develop. I'm David Jones. So join us every Wednesday morning six o'clock UK time for a fresh podcast. I met our guest, Ellie Wildbull, when she presented her research at an online community meeting I facilitate. She'd previously presented at the recent uh, Big Spud conference. Ellie is a lived experience expert and her research is on the effect of being in a therapeutic community four years later. The TC uh, in focus is the ACON service, which was a part of the now sadly almost entirely closed retreat in, in York. Welcome, Ellie. Hi, thank you for having me. Hi, Ellie. Really nice to meet you. Really pleased that you could join us today. Now, could you begin by telling us, a, introducing yourself and telling us a little bit about um, how you got to the point where you were doing this research project that you're on, working on at the moment? Yeah, so um, I'm Ellie, um, Ellie Wildbore. I'm from Sheffield um, and I'm 35. And I'm someone who has lived, been living with mental health problems for uh, over two decades um, and have a long history with mental health services um, in and out of hospital, lots of things not working necessarily. Um, and in 2016, um I was fortunate enough because this is not not an opportunity given to many to be admitted to the ACORN program at the retreat in York which is a a year-long um therapeutic community program for women with borderline personality disorder trauma they could manage things like eating disorders as, and as well um because previously I have I have an eating disorder and I have other mental health diagnoses and it's quite hard to be treated for both um and each one tends to count you out of treatment for the other so it was an opportunity to like really really work on on this the stuff that was you know making me unable to live a normal life at all by that point I uh, I had up to like upwards of 200 admissions to A&E in an eight-month period I was kind of repeatedly getting sectioned admitted released then back round and round um and nothing had really worked so the opportunity to go to therapeutic community was like a last chance um and I, I went and it was a hardest year of my life but um it was also probably the best year of my life um it taught me a lot about who I am outside of my mental health it taught me skills in being able to like talk to people talk about what was going on for me understand my emotions um it was based on a dbt sort of model so it was very much um dbt 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 24 7 um 
but um and it didn't fix my life but it definitely changed it um for the for the better and I kind of came out not necessarily okay and I've had a very very difficult five years since I was discharged uh, in the middle of 2017 um a lot of like housing problems a lot of issues with uh, things back at home and the services back here um but one of the things that I did gain from being there was understanding that I do actually have something to contribute to society um so I'd begun like teaching whilst I was there at universities and that kind of carried on afterwards and then I ended up getting a role in uh, research and medical education in um Shepherd Health and Social Care which is my um local NHS trust the one that I'm a service user of um and um kind of developed a passion for research in that and um I felt that I would like to just kind of like do a bit of my own uh, stuff and after having talked to a couple of other acorns was like I think it'd be really good to look into what the long-term impact of being in a therapeutic community is because I I feel that like the fact that I'm still in contact with them all for a start five years later and it's like we just pick up where we left off and I was like there's something here that like I don't know it's it's held in people's hearts some way and I kind of wanted to find out more about what that experience was like for people so that's how the research came about. Thank you. I'm really sad to hear um, that the retreat closed, actually, because mm-hmm. I used to work at Stockton Hall back in the 90s, and uh, which was a medium secure hospital. And actually, for uh, for some of the patients to move on, actually going to the retreat was a really good next step for, for people because you knew people were going to get quite a lot of input and being somewhere where there was a sense that was fostering community and connection. And I can really hear that in your answer that the service did well to create relationships that seemed like there's some depth to them where they where they could last um yeah um, it's really upsetting the retreat closing as a whole because I think the retreat as a vessel for Acorn was really good like uh, the people on other units had similar experiences to to us on Acorn and um it's sad it's a big part of psychiatry like if you look at any psychiatry history of psychiatry but the retreat is there mentioned as like the first time people were doing things not in an asylum sort of way and it's really it's really really sad because I don't see a lot of the values um and things from the retreat like elsewhere um so it is sad and that was another reason that I wanted to do this research um because I think it's important that people know that there's a legacy from things like the retreat in Acorn. It sounded um, in your in when you were talking as well as if there was something about how the retreat fostered um, thinking about lived experience that it was that seemed to be of genuine value. Whereas sometimes I think services do that in a lip service way mm. to try and make this their own service look good, uh, rather than really wanting to make use of that in a constructive way. So it sounded as though you felt valued for for your input. Yeah, definitely. I think it was the first time. I'd been told so many times, you know, you'll never work again. You won't contribute meaningfully to society. Um, you're always going to be like in and out of hospital, never going to recover. All of those sort of things. And the retreat was the first place where I was Ellie and I had skills uh, as well as weaknesses. And those were celebrated and explored. And we did have the opportunity, like as part of the therapeutic community, we were 
you know constantly making our opinions known and and you know involved in decisions on running in the unit and things like that I got involved more with like wider retreat related stuff um and that's actually something that's a big part of what I do now in, in my job is 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 bringing the service user voice to services and, and helping develop them and that whether that's my own voice or helping other people to have their voice heard um so the retreat really gave me an insight as to how important that can be and how difficult it can be for services and service users um but it is possible and it does make the difference yeah. so so can you tell us a bit about your research um in terms of of, of what you're doing and and how you're going about it so um i decided to um that i wanted to interview um service users and staff from the acorn program um i kind of didn't really know how many people would respond that was a big concern obviously like so acorn closed in 2018 and i did this um uh, research in 2022 um so it was four years since it closed and i didn't know what the response would be uh, at all um so I kind of was going into it with an open mind that I you know I might not get much or I, I initially so I initially sent out a questionnaire um and I'll asked people various questions but also put at the bottom if you, I, I'd really like to interview some people to talk about their answers more if you're willing I expected only a couple of people to respond even less to be willing to interview um I actually got um, something, I think, like 14 responses in the first, like, 48 hours, um, which was shocking, like, four years after this is finished, like, everybody's elsewhere, um, staff have moved on, service users have moved on, um, the, so straight away I got people interested, filling it in, really, like, going into quite a bit of depth as well about stuff, um, and, like, even if I'd stopped there and not done the interviews, I would have had quite a fair amount to go on, but also like most people wanted to do an do an interview in uh, as well so I set about like interviewing kind of on a, in a semi-structured way um uh, people via video call usually um and I'm not gonna lie I thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed it like I could have carried on <laughs> I could have carried on um it was just uh, that sort of thing that I thought was there um, that feeling of acorn still lives on with inside people just as soon as I started conversations with people it, it was it was there it was living inside of them and a lot of the people particularly the staff that I interviewed were people who weren't at acorn when I was at acorn so I'd never met them before um, our only connection was that we'd been at acorn at some point along its timeline and some of the staff were there from when it had first set up um, and some were there like at the end like so anywhere in the middle and it it just straight away I was like yeah this does this does leave an impact and um yeah so I I had those conversations they were really really good um and then I kind of set about uh, like doing a sort of like thematic analysis of what what was um brought to me which took a, took quite a while as one person doing that um and drew out some themes um about the impact basically um both positive and negative um and it was 
yeah it's been it's been really interesting so that's that's how I did it yeah it was very low low budget like no budget basically um but yeah I got as you were talking you can really hear your passion and enthusiasm for your research and also um the acorn project and I suppose it's reminded me a bit of David and I doing some research with some other people on the limit of the perhaps limited shelf life of services for people who've been diagnosed as one of a better label personality disordered or complex post-traumatic stress and how it can seem like services which have real value and meaning um, and that live on in people that have been involved with those services whether as staff or or patients but and can be seen as a good service and yet can somehow find that that everything falls away and those services end up closing and it can be hard to make meaning of why that that happens as you're talking that was really resonating in, in terms of you describing the service that was obviously really not only valuable and meaningful for you but the fact that people want to come forward and talk about their experiences suggests that it's got a special place in mm. the heart of, of these 14 people that that came forward so you know what what did you find out how had been how, how were people affected by the service um, well, I think like what you've just been talking about, about it sort of like people holding it in their hearts. I think that was one of the biggest things that came out that actually Acorn wasn't a physical place. It was a physical place, but that wasn't Acorn. That wasn't the Acorn. It, it's where it's held within people. And it, the Acorn, Acorn is very much still alive, even though there's no physical unit there anymore. I've been to see the unit um, actually um last year I went and peered through the windows obviously the hospital is closed now and it wasn't acorn it wasn't acorn that I was looking at because acorn is elsewhere now acorn is 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 living in all the staff and the service users that were involved in it um so I think that was a really big thing that came through um that it's it's more of a it's more of a state of being than than a than a place um so yeah, I, f I found out. I found out a lot. Um, so as I said before, the staff ranged from people who'd helped set the unit up, and people who'd stayed till the bitter end and in between. Um, service users that had less of a um, a wide sort of spectrum of people. Uh, they were more towards the tail end. Um, however, um, I have had experience of meeting people who'd been there a very long time ago and traveling up to uh, a reunion that happens every th happened every three years and still sort of like feeling that it was important enough 20 years later that they needed to do that um so I already kind of knew that it did stick around for people um but yeah the the I think the first section that I sort of drew out was impact on life in general um so everybody sort of like reported how proud they were of being part of ACORN and how it sort of impacted everything they did in the future whether that was like professional personal relationships um it, it, it brought them food for thought and they were a lot more sort of like curious about things didn't just launch into things um could like sit back and, and take a better view uh point um before jumping into something um people said acorn made them think in a different way they became more reflective in themselves and uh, for clinicians they say they say extended to their their practice um 
and they sort of like became more mindful of the here and now instead of like panicking about the future or the end goals for this service user they maybe were thinking actually we need to look right here and here and now um a massive thing and this was for the staff as well as the service users but i think particularly poignant for the service users is the 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 feeling of belonging and togetherness that you get on acorn and in a tech therapeutic community in general like for a lot of us it was the first time we'd had somewhere to belong um and had people at our sides who were supporting us and um that like brought a sense of security and comfort and that therefore meant that you could sort of tackle harder issues because you felt secure in that belonging um that was really really important and something that staff noticeably missed in their um on their roles after acorn um they felt they never felt quite as much part of a team um Learning was another thing, like ACORN is a learning experience every single day for staff, service user, and it is when you leave, like that carries on. There's learning that mistakes are okay. In fact, they're actually quite useful if you sit back and look at what happened and think about how you might change that in the future. It's definitely something I learned, um, that it's okay to fall down. Um, I'm a roller skater, and actually, like, um, I, <laughs> I kind of learned with roller skating that you need to you need to let yourself fall and be okay with falling so that you can actually become a good skater if you're a skater who's, who's going to be like I'm never going to fall you're, you're never going to be a good skater you're never going to be like relaxed into it and I think it was it's very much the same it was the same on acorn it was like mistakes are okay they're not a bad thing um and a lot of us had been taught that mistakes were a bad thing and were to be punished um but actually they're they're learning opportunities um so that was a big one learning um sort of shared responsibility as well of like risks and things like that um you often hear of people with borderline personality disorder being told that they need to take responsibility and they need to do it all themselves and like the sort of would help and support being withdrawn because they've got borderline personality disorder um but like the importance of actually that being something that's held by staff members and by service users and working in collaboration is going to help that was really, really important. And that like led into the, the sort of positive risk-taking um, stuff. So we on ACORN didn't have like, we could have a machete in our rooms if we wanted, uh, for as long as we could promise that we'd be safe not using it. And we had the options to hand things in if we felt that they were unsafe rather than them being taken off you which kind of like further leads to like a sense of lack of control and I know for me that can escalate my self-harming behavior um so like a positive risk taking and learning to sit with that then sit with the anxiety um but actually the learning that comes from that and again sometimes the the positive risk taking does go wrong people may still self-harm or come come in danger in some way but um you again you learn from that um and that's been something that like staff have struggled with especially in like new teams is just the unwillingness of of services in general statutory services to take positive risks that actually might help people forward and with service users it, again if, if some if 
I know I've been in the position where I have been in like care homes and stuff since or people might be in hospital and they're back at that situation where everything's taken off you um and and it just it just doesn't doesn't help so positive risk taking was a really really big big one um and yeah self self-worth was a big one again goes back to that belongingness a lot of us came with zero self-esteem zero knowledge of who we were and that was something that was that was that was built up people were like before a acorn I felt I was worthless and insignificant but it helped them find some self-worth self-worth um and then lastly in that area was like impact on uh, like understanding trauma and self-destructive behaviors um often was the first time where people were in a trauma-informed environment and um like that helped people to sort of like start to learn how to manage those things and um a lot of us like, we weren't the sort of people who holding an ice cube would help stop us self-harming or drawing on our arms in red pen like I definitely thought I was a bit of a failure because I couldn't recover from, <laughs> from from that it didn't help um but I think on ACOM we kind of like got to understand how that like maybe related back to our past experiences and and stuff and the staff reported that it was very helpful in terms of looking at someone holistically and not taking behaviors that might be stressful and anxiety provoking like um to, to understand more what's going on deep down um yes yeah, so that was the, the life impacts um and then there was a lot of stuff around interacting with others um again often people had not had the opportunity or weren't able to do that um interpersonal effectiveness is a skill that is taught in dbt and um i used to find it really frustrating actually <laughs> that we'd be there like arguing about like acorn problems like who's doing the washing up or like why have people been leaving cups out on the side um uh I used to find it really, really frustrating that we'd spend time in groups on that and not on stuff that felt like it was more important. But actually, I totally underestimated how useful it was to have the opportunity to like challenge others, to advocate for what I felt was right or 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 whatever, because I had I've had to use that those skills so much since I came back home out of Acorn, especially in terms of advocating for my care. Um and other people like echoed that, like um, it felt kind of pointless and frustrating at the time, but actually it was a safe environment in which to learn to challenge people. Um, the, the importance of like working together, um, kind of that still carried on for people. Um, service users afterwards felt that they were more confident in in saying to their home teams like, I would like this or I would like to work with you to go forward on this and like be more collaborative in their care um and the same for the staff they felt that they were they valued co-production and service user involvement and and sort of collaborative care planning and things much much more than they had prior to ACON and uh, I think that's really important that's what we were talking about earlier like hearing hearing those voices um and I think uh things like openness and the ability to communicate more um effectively and kind of be a bit vulnerable like the staff would check in 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 groups and bring bringing that vulnerability sometimes that maybe they weren't having a great day 
was helpful for us to understand that actually not like just because you're a professional doesn't mean that you aren't a human being like what I think I'd be naming for some sort of like perfection thing and actually nobody nobody is at that point um we're we're all human beings um and it and again it sort of like being more open about emotions and articulating them was really, really helpful. Um, I can remember going and being like, I don't need to know about emotions. There's just happy, sad and scared and that's fine. And then by the end, I was like able to like break down all the different emotions that I might be feeling, how they might feel in my body and stuff like that. So um, there was a lot of stuff about understanding emotions and the impacts of those on other people and or empathizing with someone else's emotions as well. Another thing that we maybe hadn't had opportunities to do. Um, and ultimately, also the impact of your actions on other people. Um, a lot of people had like had quite siloed circumstances when you're in an, an NHS ward. You don't know what's going on with other people if you self-harm. The, the impact is on you not well you don't get talked to about any other impact whereas actually if that happened on acorn we'd have an emergency meeting we talk we'd talk about it people would say ellie i am actually really disappointed in you because you promised that you weren't going to self-harm and you, you you have and i feel let down because of that and like people it was hard it was really really hard to hear that sort of stuff but actually really important to hear that um and, and it wasn't in a way that you sometimes get in like in community mental health services where you're sort of like accused maybe as a, a time waster or attention seeking that wasn't the feedback you were getting it was just actually this is just really hard as someone who cares for you seeing this happen is really really hard and um yeah I think I think that was really useful sounds like such a rich piece of research Ellie and so much of what you're saying really resonates from working in a couple of services mm -hmm. that that adopted a lot of therapeutic community principles if not kind of like pure pure tcs but i'm really struck by the similarities of experience of staff and patient and service users that are coming mm. through of, of both groups of people um having a similar experiencing experience of learning and growth and belonging and you can only think that when their staff move on that's also a good thing for mm. them taking those skills to to another place so you know what, what a shame to to have lost such a valuable resource for service users but also for for staff in terms of their their development yeah I think um it, it a lot of the staff said it was like one of the the probably the area in their professional life where they grew and developed the most um mm. and but that like they bring some of that like, into their current roles so in the way as, as I said, ACON is still alive. It's been spread about in in like in different ways, but it, it is being spread about. There was some negative impacts as well. If you'd like me to talk about those, yeah, that would be that would be useful to hear as well. Yeah, so there there, there were negatives, not as many as there were uh, sort of more positive than stuff but there, there were some there were some negatives uh, the first one being actually um that nothing lives up to acorn um nothing is like quite the same you're never gonna like have that transparency that sort of time to reflect that bond with other people um i know it's something that i quite recently actually have been in a group program for eating disorders and i found quite frustrating that we were all expect to, to be in this group together but also like 
not know anything about each other it was all our own journey and that I couldn't do that I literally couldn't do that I've been too, I've been too much too primed by acorn to be like curious about what's going on and like being transparent about things and yeah so it is really difficult and I think staff found that really hard um like not comparing services with with acorn and it's a lot of the service users mentioned that they they sort of like it made them more frustrated with the inadequacy of mental health services um uh so yeah that that it was a victim of its own success there a little bit i think um there was a lot of sort of talks particularly from service users around there being too much pressure um on the unit and the they felt that sometimes they did have too much involvement in people's care in their trauma um and treatment decisions we had to make some quite difficult decisions about whether or not people came to the the unit at times and one time we made that decision that somebody wasn't ready for the for the unit and they actually went and jumped off a three-story building because of the news and like they were they 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 were alive um but that was really really hard to to sit with knowing we'd made that decision um and as i said we're not clinicians we're not trained like um th that was really hard um and it if it, it, it was felt that sometimes that could be too intense and then what maybe there needed to be a point where it was sort of like this is too much now we need to take this elsewhere and staff sort of reported that it was kind of all consuming that quite often they weren't engaged in their home lives as much as they wanted to be because they'd be still mentally in acorn after the end of the day of work and one worrying about what was going to happen tomorrow um so that was a bit of a detrimental effect um and as i mentioned like traumatic memories like there were traumatic times on the unit we did see and be involved in things that were difficult and um like that's some people reported that they that kind of brought a, a hyper vigilance into their life every day because they'd they'd experienced that um there was some specific stuff around like uh safeguarding issues and um negative relationships with other service users there were some reports of bullying and things like that um i haven't gone into detail of about that when writing up because it would be identifiable but there, there were there were some issues there um so it wasn't all plain sailing but i think the positives far outweigh the negatives and even people who had a bad experience on acorn or only stayed for a little period of time interestingly enough still felt that it was important to contribute to this and still feel that acorn has a place in their in their lives however little time they spent there sounded ellie as if um what acorn did was allowed people to just connect and relate as human beings so whether that be staff or service users that there was a an ability to see one another as as human beings and have that common ground in the middle which obviously is really valuable when people get painted into to roles um within society so thanks very much no worries that's such a brilliant uh, description ellie and um, as uh, Naomi has already indicated really when we started thinking about doing this podcast which is over two years ago now we were exactly thinking what is it about some places that mm. means that they live on live on in the minds of the people who have participated and then the shadow side of that is why does that 
obvious quality of delivery and impact not protect all of them so many get closed one way or another mm. so so thanks very much for that um and you've already given a brilliant description of your your um research how would you sum it up just in conclusion um so my question was is there is there an, is there an impact is there a lasting impact uh Yes, um, that was a very, very clear yes. Um, and it's it's long lasting and it's significant. A lot of people said they don't go a day without thinking of ACORN or something to do with ACORN. Um, um, and I think the fact that people responded so quickly um, and willingly shows how much it's at the forefront of people's minds. Um, some of the people I interviewed had left in 2009. So it was over a decade before I did the interviews and they still straight away were like, I need to talk about this. I want the opportunity to talk about ACON. Um, and and yeah, that, that sort of fact that yes, the unit's gone, but ACON stays with you and it never fully goes away. Um, I, like people talked about the the environment and being with people who who get it um um was really important and um as one person said acorn is not a physical place it is internalized within those who are part of it and carry it with them and another uh staff member um described it as all like imagining acorn now as all those acorns spreading their tentacles and dispersing over a much wider area so they got some sort of comfort in that that it wasn't gone it was actually just growing more over a wider area um so yeah it lives on the, the culture lives on even after the doors are closed and the ethos and values have been uh, continuing to be spread and our one of our mottos was from mighty oaks little uh, sorry from little acorns mighty oaks do grow and and that's that's definitely that's definitely true of acorn so much so that i got it tattooed on my arm um <laughs> but yeah it's it's yeah very very significant um and and i'm just keen to get this word out there so that hopefully the therapeutic communities go around in circles they come in fashion and they go out of fashion and and i'm hoping that doing something like this helps people when they're like oh maybe this is a good idea again they've got some sort of evidence that actually yes it it, it is and it can have a a really significant effect thank you so you've obviously been very very immersed in acorn and continue to be to be so you must have been pretty cross when it closed how did you manage to keep a balance when undertaking the research or perhaps you didn't even think that was necessary yeah i think um so for a start the, the closure of acorn was really difficult i was still in the graduate group um so we we could meet once a month for a, up to a year after we left and that was always something that I um had valued um it was really helpful um I also like was looking forward to the the three yearly reunions that happened and that sort of knowing all that would that knowing that acorn was there the physical place was there was really important um and then all of a sudden it wasn't going to be and I remember being really really anxious about that like because at that point I didn't understand that it, yes it does live on um uh, I can remember being really anxious about that and the getting my head around the fact that something wasn't going to be there was really really difficult so it did have a significant impact and I struggled 
I struggled managing that because people back here or the mental health team back here didn't understand. They were like, yeah, but you left like a year ago now. Like it doesn't matter. Um, and I think doing things like I went to um, the annual forum meeting of the community communities like uh, a couple of months after ACON closed. And, and that was one of the things that came up in the sort of opening meeting. People were talking about how they felt about that. And I think that was, that was, that was really helpful to be amongst people who understood the significance of what had happened. Um, and talking to my ACON friends as well, like we, we talked a lot after, after that had happened. Um, but yeah, in terms of like balancing things with the research, I actually ended up doing it at a time when I, my life was quite chaotic. Like I thought about it earlier and then when it actually came to when I needed to do it, I was I'd been uprooted several times that year. I was living in a mental health unit at the time. I was off work, all these sort of things. Um, but I because I'd set myself the deadline of the Big Spook conference to present it, I uh, I kind of needed to still do it. So um, I actually really appreciate it. It actually really helped me doing that at that time in my life where I didn't feel I had any roots, uh, any anywhere to like hold me down because I just was mo being moved around everywhere. I had no control over my life. And actually doing the the going through all the interviews and the analysis and writing it all up actually actually gave me a sense of roots in that time so actually it worked out quite well for me personally thanks very much and what about the future what's your plans for the future um they change all the time i can never be i am still in a difficult situation mental health wise um uh, they affect me on on a day-to-day -day basis i'm quite disabled by some of my mental health problems um but i am finally starting to get therapy it's been a number of years fighting for that but it's starting to happen um so I'm looking forward to being able to increase my independence and stuff and and start to travel again and which oh, is something that's really important to me and and things like that in terms of like my life professionally I I'm still in awe that I've got a job and multiple other bits of work here and there that like I've held that down for four and a half years now I've never held a job down for more than six months uh before that and I'm still in awe about that I'm off work sick at the moment because of stuff that's going on and I keep thinking though I'm going to go back and they're going to they're going to be like no we can't have you anymore you've, you've been living the experience too much my role is a lived experience role um but you've been doing it too much or whatever but I that's just not happening my colleagues are endlessly supportive like they've renewed my contract for another year like um that so yeah professionally things are going forward and they were are going forward despite my mental health problems getting in the way um and just like opportunities like this and like research has really grabbed me somewhere within my geeky heart like I, I'm just kind of a bit addicted to research so I've got quite a couple of uh like plans coming up um with sort of uh research projects in collaboration with other people I'm continuing doing it through my work in the NHS as well um and then just I just want to see where the world takes me if I'm honest like I I I've always put a lot of I need to be doing this by X year or whatever. And that, that just gets me down because inevitably something happens and and I don't. But now I'm just I'm just happy 
treading the road and seeing where it takes me and so far it's taken me to some pretty pretty cool places so yeah so it sounds like following your interests and your curiosity is one way that you look after yourself do you have yeah. other ways in which you care for yourself and ensure your ongoing well-being yeah, the, the aforementioned roller skating is a, a yes, big part of, of it. Um, so um, actually for me, that's been a massive uh, part in reducing self-harm. Um, so I found out on Acorn when I looked into it a little bit more what self-harm gave me that I one of the things that I need is a sense of risk. Uh, I need that in my life. Um, and roller skating so I do it in skate parks I'm chucking myself off 10 foot ramps on teeny weeny little wheels um that's uh that's risky it's definitely risky um but it's a more socially acceptable way of risk risk taking and it's it's allowed me to um learn to appreciate my body as the important machine it is rather than trying to constantly damage it i've got to take care of it um to to skating it's a it's a heavy sport um so that's that's been massive and learning learning that i can learn stuff i love learning and i've and and i and i learn stuff pushing my body to the limits but again in a socially acceptable way and like social social wise as well like before I went to Acorn, my life was just people, other people who are in mental health units and with mental health problems. And that's really important that, that there are some people like that in my life, but I need a balance. And so that helps me skating. I've just got so many good friends all over the world from skating. And, and that's really important. And I'm appreciated in the skating community uh, for what who I am and what I bring. And actually kind of quite well known for for doing that despite the mental health problems um um and so that's really nice I've got I found my sense of belonging somewhere that I I kind of needed after Acorn so that that's a big thing um I also just like doing things like gardening making stuff from scratch I've you won't be able to see on the podcast but I've got my cat Mimi um behind me um so my animals help um and yeah just taking time sometimes to take a step back and, and and look at things from a little bit further away um and be a bit kinder to myself I'm still working on that definitely but um understanding that it's okay to be like not okay sometimes um yeah that, that's still an ongoing journey but lovely thanks very much uh, Ellie. it's been really lovely talking with you yeah, yeah I really been... enjoyed sorry <laughs> I'd say it's been really good. Thank you for having me once again. Yeah, I really enjoyed that conversation, Ali. It was lovely and, and quite moving to hear you talk about because of that. I think that sense of experience that you have when you work in one of these kind of places or have some association with them. So really, really moving to hear about your research. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>